by Chinedu Jidiofo Ogwagi. Dash. Kensara Wiwa could not believe what happened to him. Lesson, do not sabotage your own people's efforts towards their liberation. He never believed Abaka would confirm his death sentence. From Oputa panel revelations, on the day of his execution, unable to face his fate with fortitude because he believed that his sentence would be commuted. When they came for him, he kept on asking if Abaka was aware. He resisted being led to the execution point, kept on protesting for time as he expected reprieve would come at the eleventh hour. To calm him, he was shown the execution order signed by Abaka, but he frantically denounced it as fake, demanding audience with Abaka immediately. The officer commanding the squad, a junior officer told him, the only report his superiors would listen to would be report of his death and nothing else. We were reverted to telling his killers how close he was to Abaka, the afternoons they spent playing tennis at 2nd Artillery Brigade in Port Harcourt in the 70s, the nice evenings they used to have. That during the Ogoni protests, he had expected Abaka to have called him based on old times and asked him the least Ogoni would have accepted. Wiwa pleaded and pleaded for his life to be spared. His pleas fell on deaf ears. Oh God, he screamed, let my pleas work. His eyes were greasy with welling tears. Why should today be his last day on earth? What crimes did he commit? That he asked for his people to have a share of the wealth that comes from their land? The land that no longer supports farming or fishing because of oil spillage. He mistook the officer's dark reflections for contemplations of pity. Any independent observer would conclude that sorrow deserves pity and more. He had worked for it. His efforts during the Civil War shortened the duration and saved thousands of Nigerian soldiers' lives. You see, while the Biafran blocked Omanalu and Ijikpo axis through Alele Junction, Saro was able to organize guides who guided the Nigerian soldiers to infiltrate through Echi, Alulu, link up to Ihiagwa and Nekade, connect Obosima and cut off the Biafran soldiers who had successfully blocked the 3rd Marine Commando's advance led by Black Scorpion. Wiwa was rewarded with appointment as the civilian administrator of the port city of Bani. And it was really this bit of history that was the bone of contention. He rightly or wrongly believed he had an equal stake in the territory called Nigeria, having staked his life and helped in defeating those who were neighbors to him. So, the shares of spoils of war, for which oil was the paramount spoil should be extended to his people, because without their efforts it would have been impossible to subdue Biafra in the battlefield. Remember that the 3rd Marine Commandos were eventually routed from Awari, just before the end of the war, wherein Black Scorpion among the few to escape, had to escape, dressed as a woman, for which he was court-martialed and dishonorably discharged. Atakunle the Scorpion died a pauper, neglected by the federal side he fought for. On the other hand, we was erstwhile partners in conquest-slash-crime, believe they have more than adequately rewarded him by making him an administrator of the city of Bani and also making him a commissioner in Rivers State. So he should keep off the oil, whether it was drilled from his village or not. Posterity would judge who was right between him and those Abaca represented. For me as a scholar, I believe his requests or demands were in order. I weigh see deal, they follow share. The child who pounded the pepper is entitled to a share. We was fate had been decided the day he asked about the oil. The recipients of the message were people from the oil-producing communities. None would dare ask questions about our oil after we was execution. At that point, the captain gave his orders and he was lifted up, struggling and protesting till he was tied up and killed. When the question of the whereabouts of Wiwa's body was raised at the Oputa panel, 
one of the soldiers giving evidence reported that it was completely dissolved with acid. Up pointing finger, this is an intelligent narrative beautifully written. But I should add that Mr. Sarawiwa, like Adakaboro and many other Niger Delta youths who would betray their new republic, had studied at secondary school and university on Eastern Nigeria scholarship. It should also be noted that because of Sarawiwa's betrayal, he was also rewarded with countless number of abandoned properties, including some previously belonging to Chief John Eniehi, late father of barrister Nandi Eniehi, custody governoress Chinedu Gidiofo Agwagyudma. Late Sani Abaka and late Sarawiwa once lived together in one of the abandoned properties he had seized. Ken Sarawiwa's son, Ken Jr. also died very young. He died suddenly in London on October 18, 2016, aged 47, after suffering a stroke. Finally, recall that, before Sarawi was arrest, he had ran to the same Anugu and the same Chukwuameka Odomeguo-Juku he had betrayed, to ask for Igbo intervention in his murder case. It was then that Ojuku uttered that immortal word Akoriko to the frightened Ogoni man. The meeting that Sarawiwa attended was at Hotel Presidential Anugu, built by Michael Akpara who had given Sarawiwa scholarship to study at Government College Omuahia, and also betrayed by Sarawiwa. Dash. At Views Exclusive Rights, Chinedu Jidiofo Ogwagi.